series uh, this time, so I got to pick what I wanted to preach this morning. And so um, this morning we're going to be sharing from broken to blessed. And um, a common story that is um, used in this, well before I go there, we we all come from a broken family, don't we? We all come from one, if if you say, well I don't come from a broken family, well we're all descendants of Adam and Eve, uh, which is a broken family and the brokenness of sin. Um, but uh, the family I wanted to uh, focus on this morning is uh, the prodigal son and uh, that story. And I did bring this picture in. Uh, it really isn't in the message, but if you want to afterwards uh, come up and look at it, it was a gift from my grandparents. And it is a picture of the, the prodigal son story. And look for the nuances of the hidden pictures inside the picture which is kind of cool that you can kind of take a look at, and I'll let you guys discover those after the service when you you come up and take a look at that. And so I want to show four stages that we all go through um, that I kind of narrowed them down to, that that we go from broken to blessed. And uh, because, you know, we're all broken in some areas at some point in our lives. And so these four stages I just want to share with you this morning. Let's start out with the first one, which is the give me stage. As, as children, we see this a lot. And they start out in this give me stage. You know, if you, if you have children, you know this to be very true. They, you know, give me. They, they seem very selfish, you know. You know, they want stuff all the time. And, and we see this here in the prodigal son, too, in Luke 15, Uh, 12, it says here, the youngest son said, Father, give me the portion of the goods that falls to me. And so every baby starts here in this give me stage. And we desire as parents, don't we, for our children to grow out of that give me stage. And wouldn't you agree with me on that? You would, you know, if your children don't grow out of that give me stage, sometimes you get a little bit worried you know, <laughs> and so, and some of us would even say, um, I don't have any that are this old yet, but some of them might, some parents might say, I, I still even have a 30-year-old child that's in the give me stage, and uh, may even have a 47-year-old husband that's still in the give me stage, but we won't go there, because I am 47 years old, so, <laughs> you know, and as As spiritual children, 
and maybe we haven't thought about it this way, too. You know, when we become born again and our spiritual babies, we enter into that give me stage. You know, and I, and I want you to understand that God, he's not upset about that and not resentful about that. And, and God actually understands as spiritual babies, there is a stage of give me, you know, because it's new. Our, our relationship with God is new, uh, you know, and God is just blessing us. We have this new family. We're a newborn baby, you know, and if you think about it, when your child is small, you don't look down on your child when they're hungry. You give them the bottle. You feed them. You know, you don't sit there and say, why don't you just grow up and feed yourself? No, we don't. The baby can't. The baby's in and the child's in that give me stage, you know, and, they, and God understands that for us as well when we are new spiritual believers that we're in that give me stage. And if you think about it, in a lot of ways, we get saved for selfish reasons, don't we? Um, we get saved because, one, we, we don't want to go to hell. <laughs> I don't want to go to hell, you know, and so God give me salvation. He gives us that salvation. Uh, we get saved because we want God to clean up the mess in our lives. You know, we see that as an answer to the mess in our lives. So give me the, the, the things that are needed to clean up that mess. And uh, we get saved out of that necessity. And it's a give me stage. And there's nothing wrong with, like I said, the give me stage. The only time that it becomes wrong is when the enemy holds us there and we don't allow ourselves. We, we become more and more selfish and allow ourselves to be held in that give me stage. Even in our, in our marriages, you know, I like to share about marriage and um, as well. Um, we enter sometimes into that give me stage in the beginning where the, the husband wants the, the wife to meet his needs and the wife wants the husband to meet her needs. And so there's, there's a lot of give me in there, especially in the beginning. And now some, some needs that God has designed in the man is designed to meet the needs of the wife. And there are things in the wife that are designed to meet the needs of the husband. But I cannot fully meet my wife's needs. She cannot fully meet my needs. There's only one way that she can, can meet fully my needs and I can meet fully her needs is if we bring God, Jesus Christ, into the picture because he has the, the substance and the means to meet all of our needs. And so the give me spirit, you can see throughout the scriptures. And let me show you another famous give me one. It's one of the disciples. And this one, this one has gotten to the point of what I just spoke about, of being fully uh, entrapped by the enemy. And this is where we don't want to go. And it's Matthew 26, 14 through 15. This is Judas Iscariot. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him thirty pieces of silver. That was what he got. In the end, it resulted in death for him. So that's where the enemy wants to trap us in that first area of brokenness. And he's... He's in that stage and gotten to that stage that the enemy literally has captured him and death has come because that give me. And that's God, God wants us, though, as spiritual children, spiritual babies, to continue to grow from the give me stage. You know, when Melissa and I, in raising our children, you know, and we have, we have good children. You know, we're blessed. You know, they've at times have given us a run for our money here and there and you know, and I have two older adults. Um, one's about ready to turn 21 uh, next month, and the other one's, uh, what are you now, 23, 22, <laughs> somewhere in there. See, I can't even remember. I can't even keep up. But then, the, then my youngest is a, is a teenager, 
you know, and uh, teenagers are another story, and we won't go there this morning because she's at times is giving us a run for our money right now. So, and there, there is there is these times that they are in this give me stage, and it just seemed like as parents that the whole world uh, revolved around them. It's so much so, I just even remember in our in our household these times that I I don't e- I didn't even get to watch what I wanted to watch. You know, like with Rachel, it was always Polly Pocket and Little Mermaid. And um, with, uh, with Caleb, it was um, SpongeBob SquarePants, uh, Ben 10, and Kangaroo Jack. You know, we, wrote, we watched Kangaroo Jack so many times that I could probably be one of the leading roles in Kangaroo Jack because uh, I knew so much of that movie. And then with Ella, you know, it was My Little Pony, Dora, Frozen, and the worst of all, Barney. And um, I just wanted to share with you this morning, just because I got to be blessed by it so much, one of the songs that always got stuck in my head from Barney that Ella used to watch all the time. So here's that. That's Ella with Barney in the background. And uh, this was a regular morning activity because I worked one to tens. So I had her in the morning before I went to work. But this is one of the videos that she always used to And I would go to work that day, and that song would be stuck in my head all day long. The elephants. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. But my life was so much of what they needed. And God understands us that we are in that stage at times, too, in our lives, that there's just so much that we just, he just needs to pour into us because we're in that give me stage. And so we... We are mentally in this give me stage, but God desires us to grow from this stage. And this, the next stage that we usually enter in is the, the use me stage. Now, I'm going to go a little different direction with the use me stage because there's two forms of the use me stage. There's one when you're more spiritually mature, but what I'm going to talk about right here is the one when you're more spiritually unmature. You're not mature yet. So... This one here is from the standpoint that the immaturity. And a lot of times what we see here in this, we get moved from the use me stage to from the give me to use me. This one is more like, I would phrase it as fame, seeking, you know, seeking recognition, seeking significance, seeking want to be seen. And you know what? I'm, I'm guilty of this. I remember, um, you know, after getting saved and I was pretty young, you know, I like to do things. I like to be involved in things and help behind the scenes, you know, and um, but most of that was for self-recognition because there was always the praise afterwards. Oh, thank you. You know, you you were so helpful during that time. What you did was so helpful, you know, and so we enter into this use me stage of wanting to be significant, wanting to be seen. Um, Let me say it another way. We say give me because of selfishness. We say use me because of selfish ambition. Philippians 2.3 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Now take a note of selfish ambition. Here's the reason. In the English, it's two words, but in the Greek, it's one word, selfish ambition. And this is that word. I can't say it, so. Eritheia. 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 Which is selfish ambition. I wasn't even going to try to pronounce that. But you find that mentioned at least seven times through the New Testament. 
In fact, in James 3, 13 through 18, it talks about this self-seeking. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works be done in meekness and wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. From where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So here's the point I want you to notice. When the Bible talks about ambition, it puts, it, puts the word selfish as part of it. And please hear me on this. A lot of times people say, well, isn't there a good ambition? Well, not, actually not according to the Bible. There is no good ambition. Because here's why. The definition of amb ambition is self-seeking, self-promoting. That's the definition of ambition. And you might say, well, wait a minute. You know, isn't, what about someone that has a, a drive to do something? Well, my answer to that is, what, what's the reason for the drive? Is the drive self-seeking? Is it for um, significance and wanting to be seen? What's the reason for the drive? What's the reason behind it? Selfish ambition is something that we're all born with, you know? We see it in our society. People are trying to always achieve a goal and, and achieve a certain status and you know, and I'm, I'm guilty of it. You know, when I was younger, uh, get married, get a car, get a house, get a good job. You know, there's these, these to gain this certain status, oh, look what I have. Look what's, look what's in my life, you know. And, and, but what I've learned is all that stuff is so temporary. The gratification in that is so temporary. An example in the Bible of someone uh, self-seeking and self-ambition is Simon the Magician. And he's seeing the laying of hands by um, Peter and John, and they're releasing the Holy Spirit here. And here's what's said here in Acts 8, 18 through 24. And when Simon saw that through the laying on, laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me, there's that word, give me, this power also that anyone who I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, your money perishes with, perish with you because you thought that the gift of God can be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter for, you, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, repent therefore of your wickedness and pray, God, if perhaps the thoughts of your heart may be forgiven you. For, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Then Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me, that none of the things which you have spoken may come upon me. Can you see also again, here someone operating out of brokenness, seeking, you know, that significance and that wanting to be seen, to be recognized, so much so that he's willing to offer money to purchase it. Because he sees that, you know, he sees it more as a status or, hey, those people are coming to those people. They're, in some, in our world, maybe popular. Those guys are popular, you know. I, I want to be popular. I want to be significant. And so he's trying to obtain this out of his brokenness of where he is in his life, you know. And, and then he's, he's told there, you know, you need to repent because what you're doing, that's wicked. You know, that's, that's evil in the sight of God. So... Self-seeking, you know, so give me so I can feel significant, so I can have power. In relating to um, marriage, I'm going to sew marriage in and out of this message just because it's an area that I, is true to my heart. So in, 
in a relationship, we start out in the give me stage, like I mentioned. And um, we're like, you know, give me to make myself happy. But when we enter into this stage that we're talking about, we move into, you know, you're, you're not meeting my needs, so I'm going to do something that makes me happy. And so we step outside of that relationship. And usually if someone gets caught up in this stage in marriage, that's usually when you start seeing the word divorce enter in to the terminology because they're going outside of the marriage to find significance, to find recognition in that relationship. And their, and their happiness is they're trying to find their happiness from another source. And, and, and happiness doesn't come from something that we see outside of the marriage. It comes from someone. There's things that come from my wife, but there's a chief person, like I mentioned before, that it comes from, and that person, his name is Jesus. So the prodigal son's life here, uh, when he left to do something, that to make him happy was in uh, Luke 15, 13, it says, And not many days after, the young son gathered all together, all together, journeyed to a far country, and there and wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Could be interpreted also sensual, um, sexual, you know, just that prodigal lifestyle living. So he decides to do something. He thinks he's doing something to make himself happy. He's stepping out of the relationship that he has there with his father and going out and do, trying to do something to make himself happy. And like I said, usually in a relationship, people have reached a point that they're tired of this person and not meeting their need because, because they're, getting, they, they're reaching out to get their need met from the wrong source. So they seek out to have their needs met where? Somewhere else. Now, in talking about family, let me say even some more about this. And I'm going to make a couple statements here that may shock you, and it's way out of character for what I may say, but follow me to the very end of these statements, okay? Stay with me through them. Uh, don't, don't be offended by any of these because we'll get to through them in here in just a second. So hang on. Here we go. So I'm going to make a statement here. God did not create marriage to make you happy. Some of you right now, I can see on your face, you're saying, what are you talking about? God made, I'm happy in my marriage. God God created marriage to make me happy. But also, too, there might be some of you here this morning saying, yeah, I know what you're talking about, <laughs> Jeremiah. God did not create marriage to make me happy. You know, and then uh, some of you right now might be saying, yeah, that's just not where it's at. Also, too, I want to make a statement. I believe God created marriage to kill you. God created marriage to kill you. And some of you might be going, what are you talking about? But there's some of us here this morning who are going, yes, marriage is killing me. <laughs> That's and you know what? In essence, yes, God did create marriage to make you happy. But he on, the only way that he knows that you will be happy in marriage is to kill you. You're like, well, what do you mean, to kill me? Well, let's have a little more fun with this. Think about it. God created Adam, and the thing, the thing he looks at Adam, you know, and he says, I need to get the selfishness out of this guy. And so what does he do here? He creates someone of the opposite sex. I love that word, opposite. So you have here Adam, and he gives him someone that is opposite of him, right? And uh, this should drive him crazy because he needs to die to self. You know what? She needs to die to self as well. So if this husband doesn't kill her, let's give them kids as well. <laughs> that for sure is going to kill him. So we go from the give me stage to the use me stage. And this is where God wants to get us is the search me stage. 
Because when we begin to search ourselves, we now are starting to enter into a form of maturity as a believer. Because then we're willing to look at the areas of ourself that, de- that is wrong in our lives, that need to die, that need to be put away, that need to be taken care of in order for us to be where we need to be. We go to the search me stage. With the prodigal son, this comes in Luke 15, 17. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? So this first part, he says, when he came to himself, he's searching himself. He began to search his own heart. He began to search himself. And in the Psalms, it puts it this way in Psalms 139, 23 through 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there's any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way, way everlasting. This is when we stop focusing on someone else's, someone else meeting our needs and what what's wrong with that other person, and we start focusing on what's wrong with us. Right now, this is a huge problem in our society, and it's causing huge division. You've heard of cancel culture, right? Well, what are they doing? They're finding the fault in someone else. They're not searching their own hearts, because when you search yourself, you see where you need to change. You apply what God is speaking to you and what you need to work on. And then out of that, you're able to become someone that can be positive effect in society. But when you're pointing out to other people, most of the time that is a diversion to get the focus off of you because of your own brokenness. And that's a real problem right now. It's amazing that so many times when I meet Melissa and I meet with couples for relationship, um, pastoral care in that relationship. We find so many times when we're talking to them, each of them are in the beginning at this point of they're building up what you're saying as um, ammo against the other person. Yeah, what, what you're, man, that's so good what you're saying, Jeremiah. Man, Melissa, what you're speaking right there, that's, that's what he needs to hear. Jeremiah, what you're saying, that's what she needs to hear. You know, and they're taking what we're saying and they're, they're building up that ammo against the other person. And, and we're trying to get them past that and say, no, we need you to focus on what you are doing in the relationship. We need you to search yourself to find out what you need to do to, and what God wants to impart to you to fix this. You know what? I wish I could say this. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Um, I wish I could say this when I'm meeting with people is just flat out bluntly say to them, you know what? If you're thinking that right now, you're an immature believer. You're an immature believer. You need to grow up. And they need to hear that. Because they're still in those first two stages. Give me. Use me. You know, and there's that selfishness there. If you really want to bless family and relationship, work on yourself in Christ. Quit trying to work on other people. And rely on God to take care of it. And work on yourself so in this process when we begin to search I want you to think about this and I remember this story um, my dad it happened with my dad he was watching um, Rachel and Rachel loved to play hide and seek you know and um, we would go into stores and you couldn't find her (laughs) she'd disappear (laughs) But, you know, the other hard thing about Rachel is Rachel is hearing impaired. And so she would have a hard time hearing us when we would say, okay, come out, we're, we're all done, <laughs> you know, quit hiding, you know. And so 
my dad and her, her used to play hide-and-seek quite a bit, and she would hide behind the couch every time, usually. You know, on this one time, my dad was getting ready to go, and, um, and then when he went to find her, she was nowhere to be found. You know, and he, he looked in the normal spot behind the couch. She wasn't there, you know. Um, he, he thought, well, maybe um, she got out the front door when I took the stuff to the truck. So he looked outside, and at that time, we lived along the river. And so, and then also, too, there had been a, a car out front with California license plate, you know. And so this fear and panic ensued so much that my dad called my mom. My mom left work. She came home, you know, and there's looking for, for Rachel. And this, this sense of panic sets in, you know, and, and – um, then it just, my dad remembered that he had, had done laundry and had all these towels and stuff sitting on the couch. Well, lo and behold, there was Rachel buried inside the towels, <laughs> you know. You know, and your, your first response is maybe to just, you know, chew them out and let them know, you know, how much that scared you, you know. And so, but what I want to focus on that story, in that story was, is sometimes when we are saying, search me, we need to diligently seek out what needs to happen. Have that same diligence. And, you know, I know many of us as parents have probably had our kids hide from us or had a moment of panic, you know, and stuff. But, you know, there's, there was a real focus and diligence. And that's the type of focus that I want you to have when you're asking God to search me in, in my heart. Search me, God. That's the level of diligence that we want to see there. And then point four is make me. We start in the give me, we move to use me for the wrong reasons, and then we start saying search me. I really want to have purity on the inside. And then we move to make me. Make me a vessel fit for, your, for you, Heavenly Father. Make me a servant to my spouse, to my family, and those around me. And then look at the prodigal son again here in Luke 15, 19. It says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. You know what? I think what he's saying here, too, is I think he's saying, you know, he knows that he's the father's son. But I think he realizes in his searching that he's never had a servant's heart. He's realized that. And he's never had a servant's attitude. And so he's, he's saying to his father, make me a servant. Make me a servant of all, you know. And so he's searching his heart. But also, too, some of you say, My, I'm, I wasn't the person that went out into the world and did all the crazy stuff. I, you know, I've, I've lived a good life. Well, you know what? He had a second son, didn't he? And what was going on in that second son's life? Well, in Luke 15, 29, it says, So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I have never transgressed your commandments at any time. And, that, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry to my friends. You never gave me. He's still in the give me stage. He was in that same spot, living right there with the father. He's still in the give me stage. But what's the father's response to him in Luke fifteen thirty one? And he says to him, son, you are always with me and all that I, that I have is yours. You are always with me and all that I have is yours. Can I tell you the answer to the maturing process of the give me attitude? God is trying to tell us that it is not what I can give you. It's that you can be with me and when you're with me, everything I have is yours. It's not that I need to give you something to make you happy anymore. You're happy because you're with me. 
And when you're with me, everything I have is yours. You get it all when you're with me. You know, blessed means happy. I have a very happy marriage. I love marriage. There's so much joy in it. And I'm every year saying, use me, use me, use me in my relationship with my wife. You know, we are still in fe- we're still in February, and I, every February, and there's other stuff I do throughout the year, but every February I do the 14 days of Valentine's. And this isn't to make anybody feel guilty about doing something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the point I want to make about that is every year I ask for divine inspiration divine inspiration because every year i'm like how can i do something new this year and uh, and i'm like well in myself i can't but with god's help something new can happen every year something new is released and this year was totally different again a new idea a new fresh idea to express my love to my wife you know, and that's where we need to be in all of our relationships with our children, with our spouses, with our friends, with our community, to that mature state that we're saying, Lord, I, make me a vessel. Use me how you see fit to be a servant to those around me so that I can impart your kingdom. And that's how, and then out of that, there is a tremendous happiness. I am tremendously happy in my my wife and in my marriage and just in my family there's trials that we go through and we have to work through and sometimes we slide back into that give me or use me stage sometimes that we're going through but God wants us to mature out of that into that search me that constantly search me oh oh God and use me how you see fit for your kingdom let us pray dear heavenly father we just Thank you for this time this morning, Lord. And we just, we just say, Holy Spirit, right now, come. Come here, Lord, right now and just reveal to us in each of our lives. Help us search right now in each of our lives where we may be in a certain circumstance, Lord. Where you may want to touch or guide us through that, Lord Jesus so that we be, can become those vessels of your kingdom, Lord. Teach us to dwell with you at all times, Lord, because in that we have access that is everything that is yours, Lord. We just pray that, Lord. And I just felt that the Lord just, uh, when we were singing that song this morning, I am no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of I just really felt that the Holy Spirit, when you guys were singing that song this morning, wanted me to impart to you that brokenness is a slave to fear. Fear that you're not worthy. Fear that you're not adequate. But I feel that the Holy Spirit wants to say, you know what? You're not adequate but my son, Jesus Christ, is. And I have sent him to you as a free gift. He has stepped in for you, and he is that free gift for you this morning. And he wants you to step into that fully and be with him so that everything you're going through, you have what is needed from the Father because it's there for you to access. I just feel he wanted to release that this morning to each one of you. So receive that in the name of Jesus. Receive that in the name of Jesus. You are no longer a slave to fear, for you are my child. You are my child. And everything I have is yours. Everything. Thank you.
brokenness to blessing. Sometimes we think, I love what he said, what Jer said about, it's not like brokenness to some good thing that God gives us that takes our mind off our brokenness. It's brokenness to a person, brokenness to the blessing, the with me factor, the with me factor, <laughs> Jesus himself. I remember years, years, years ago, long time, way, way back, <laughs> Brent and I were visiting her mom in Aberdeen, Washington, and I was, I don't even remember what the difficulties were, but I was feeling broken on the inside, just a lot of, uh, a lot of dissonance on the inside, a lot of conflictedness on the inside. And I went one morning, a Sunday morning, I went to the Open Bible Church, just wanted to go meet with God's people on a Sunday morning. So I went by myself there, Brenda was with her family. And there was a, I don't even remember what the message was, but I do know that there was an altar call. And I came forward just to spend some time with Jesus. And there was such a manifestation of Jesus to me that moment that I wouldn't have cared if a cell phone rang or <laughs> anything like that. <laughs> there was just a, a mighty, a mighty impartation of the very person of the living Christ. And I feel like that's going to happen for some folks here today. You at home, you can do that. Just get down on your knees by your, your chair there. Spend some time as the music is playing and just meet with the living Jesus. He's alive and he loves you could be that whatever the conflictedness you have, it could be that you're not connected with Jesus yet. You're not sure you're saved. You're, you don't know you're going to go to heaven for sure. Well, you can come to the altar and the, uh, Cheryl and team are going to come up. Pastor Cheryl and the pastoral care team are going to come up and pray for whoever would like prayer. You might want to pray and ask them, hey, I want to make sure I'm right with God. I want to be saved today. I want to call on Jesus to, to be saved. You could do that from home. Call on Jesus to be saved. Or you can ask prayer for a miracle from one of the teams. But there's going to be several people up here that are going to have a wonderful encounter with the person of Jesus tonight, this morning. Because the blessing comes from his living presence, doesn't it? So just come ahead. Just start coming as we're dismissed to go. I'll say God bless you. Thanks for being with us today. He's with you. He loves you. Remember, the truth sets us free. And we got some good truth today. Jesus is continually setting us free. Come on up if you would like prayer or to spend some time at the altar meeting the living Jesus to this morning. Amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jeremiah. God bless us.